This is episode 6 of the Gamer Sushi Show, where the guys talk about Alien Swarm, which is free, video game budgets, and I cry over 1 vs. 100. Hi, thanks for listening to the Gamer Sushi Podcast. I'm Eddie. I'm Jeff. I'm Mitch. And I'm Nick. We are actually sans Anthony this week because he is sick, but in his place you get awesome theme music from Jace, um, which is pretty cool, and we're pretty excited about it. Because it's awesome. Yeah, he writes pretty awesome music. Um, but yeah, so we've been off for a couple of weeks, and we are coming back to talk about more stuff. There is actually still quite a big drought on video game news still, but we actually have some cool topics to talk about, and Jeff is going to start with what he's been playing recently. Honestly, I haven't had much time to play much of anything, but I did make a point of picking up uh, <clears throat> the Monkey Island 2 Special Edition, because I'm a huge fan of adventure games from way back, and the first special edition game was pretty cool. Um, I mean, I think we all played it. I know Eddie did. Yeah, I did. If, if you're, you're not familiar with it, basically what they did is they took like a adventure games from, from uh, way back in the day, and so they just took them and reskinned them. 90. And Yeah, yeah. Made them widescreen. 90. Is it 90? Yeah. That's still 20 years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, geez, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so they reskinned them. They added voice acting where they were just text adventure games before, and redid the sound and the music and everything. But kept the it's spirit cool. of the game, yes. Yeah, it's cool though because like it is literally the exact same script, the exact same like skeleton of the game is still there. It's just with a fresh coat of paint on it, which I think is a kind of cool idea. You know, just taking something that was really awesome, but is dated, and it's only 20 years old. Because <laughs> it seems like in the video game world, you don't really do remakes, per se, like you would with, with movies. If you do a remake of a game, it's actually a sequel. You know, It's like 20 years later, you do another Monkey Island and, and just call it Monkey Island 7. Mm-hmm. And, and people are, are cool with that. I, I kind of like the idea of going back and sort of re- rescuing games that have been dated. It's almost like Monkey Island from 20 years ago is as dated as a movie from 100 years ago would be now. You know, like it, it's so because it, we've primitive. we've gone we've gone we've come so far in 20 yeah, years. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, the writing is there, the the character is there. It's just the technology leaps and bounds better than what we had 20 years ago. And it, I, I, I'm especially excited that it's adventure games that are getting these these kind of. Um, research this resurgence and these remasters because that's a genre of game that has been really neglected for yeah, a long it time pretty it seems it pretty like, much died yeah, yeah yeah i mean i was a big i was a big lucas arts sierra sierra gamer. man that was lucas arts and sierra that's what i grew up on like the, that and and id i mean like wolfenstein and mm. space quest police quest king's quest oh space quest yeah. i remember i remember in elementary school having the space quest discs mm-hmm. and there was you know they'd give you a, a freaking like 12 discs you know not really yeah. but <laughs> they'd give you a bunch of discs and you would swap out and i would play them and i remember the, yeah the space quest game i'd just play the junk out yeah, of that those were those time. were amazing and then like the of course i mean i, I always talk about it but the 
Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis is one of my oh, favorite yeah. games oh, of yeah. all time. Like I just oh, yeah. I want that needs that needs this 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 makeover that you're talking about, Jeff, because that that game is still relevant and it still would be loved by people. And I just want to play it again, you know. And I don't want to get like a scum emulator. Like I want it, I want to get a real, a real redone version of it. Well, all yeah, those, yeah, all those games, thing. like the, you know, yeah, all those adventure games, I think would be cool like that. And the thing about the new Monkey Island, Monkey Island Two or whatever, like it looks gorgeous. Like the first one was was a pretty cool update. The second one is like I'm astonished at how good it looks. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that was the. <laughs> I remember there was a post on Kotaku where they were discussing yes. the little trailer that shows uh, Guybrush in the, the jungle yeah. answering the phone. And they're like, there's no way. That, that was a mistake that they, mm-hmm. they played this trailer because there's no way the game will compare. And I haven't watched the trailer in a couple days, but I feel like the game looks exactly that good. Like, the design is all there in that trailer. Yeah, the trailer kind of blew me away a little bit. You know? The game looks great. It was really good. Yeah, and the sound design is great, and the voice acting. I, I don't know if you've uh, one of the voice actors from Futurama shows up at one point. Uh, I think it's the guy that plays. Uh, never mind. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, he he plays Captain Dread. Is it in, not? Is in, it is it Bender? No, it's not. It's not uh, Joe DiMaggio. It's I want to say Maurice Lamarche, but I don't think that's right. Um, I can't remember all the characters' names off the top of my head at the moment. But anyways, a Futurama actor definitely shows up at one point, which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, no, I was just thinking about that. Like, given a choice between just downloading emulated versions, because you can get you can get the Indiana Jones game on, on Steam. It's like three dollars. Yeah. I would pay like I'd pay fifteen bucks for a remastered version of Indiana Jones tomorrow. Yeah. Oh but yeah, I would too, definitely, of course. Well, and it's know, interesting it's just, what you were saying earlier about how like, you know, they're they're dated in the way they look, but like everything else is still there that made them good. It's funny when you contrast that with um, what was it, the King's Quest fan made game that mm-hmm. came out this last couple of weeks or whatever. Right, and I um, guess none of us have played it, but it just sounded awful. Yeah, like the reviews it's getting are terrible, and it shows you the difference between you know these game these classic games that were made that had this really awesome team of people kind of infuse it with its life, and then you can't just update any old, you know what I mean? Like you can't just put a fresh coat of paint on any old game. Like some of these games like stand the test of time because they were really good, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And there's a difference there between just, you know? Yeah. Cause the writing is there. The writing is just so strong. Yeah, it's it's like, Tim honestly, Schaefer. He's, he's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could, you could almost play monkey Island with no graphics whatsoever and it would still be hilarious, you know, just the, it's mm-hmm. just so well written, but yeah. Cause I was just thinking about it. It's like, all right. So if you went back and took, you know, old games like Centipede and, and stuff like that, put a fresh coat of paint on, they wouldn't be that exciting. You know, I think there's probably some games where if the, the core mechanic stays the same, it, it would still be dated. Well, see, I've heard the Pac-Man Special Edition was pretty awesome, though. I never played really? it, but I've heard it was pretty awesome, and it was kind of the same thing, just a fresh coat of paint exactly hmm. on Pac-Man. Interesting. See, because yeah. it seems like with Pac-Man in particular, you would want to go... And add new play modes and make it, you know, online and crazy and all kinds of stuff. Whereas, like, it, that's the that's the funny thing about these these remasters is that it's a, a rare case where they literally took the core of the original game and just made it look nicer. Yeah. You know? Well, that's the thing. I mean, let, like, I mean, let's go a little bit newer than that. Are you joking? If we could do, if you could take Super Metroid, and you could put the graphics of shadow complex on there then yeah oh, you basically absolutely. just made shadow complex but i mean you 
I'm <laughs> I would I would buy that. I would buy that. I or if yeah. you if you gave me Symphony of the Night with new graphics, because the gameplay was so freaking solid that you don't need to do anything with that. Just put a fresh coat of paint on it, and and I'm there. I will buy that. I will eat it. I mean, I hell, I bought it and it didn't have a fresh coat of paint on it on PSN. So mm-hmm. if you did put a fresh coat of paint on it, I'm I'm there, man. I mean, put a fresh coat of paint on Super Metroid. Put it on Xbox Live Arcade and make me spend fifteen dollars, and I am there every day of the week. Well, yeah, I mean, so do you think that 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 holds true for, you know, those iconic revolutionary games like Final Fantasy VII or Metal Gear Solid? Like those are dated games. This now. is what I wanted to bring up. You just brought it up, Metal Gear Solid. Uh, you're talking about how like they did such a good job at the remake. The contrast of that is Twin Snakes. Yes. Where I thought they did yeah. an atrocious, atrocious job. Where I literally didn't even finish the game because I hated playing it so much. And this mm. is in my top three all-time games. I didn't even go past the Ocelot battle. I got past. I, was the, like, I, I got past the Ocelot. I got to the. I got to the. Um, to the Heinde, and then I was like, um, "That's it." Let's, so I'm, what? I'm, so I'm what was the difference? Over. What was? Because I haven't. I mean, I've, the thing is. Okay. For, first of all, the thing is, is that they made. They gave you, God, what was it? It's like they made the AI smarter, mm-hmm. but your controls weren't as good. Were still bad. Is that what it was? Well, no. Eddie? It was the environments were designed for were designed for really stupid AI. For stupid AI, <laughs> and and then when you when you give them, when you make them smarter, then they don't work within the levels. And then the the, the main thing that really bothered me was. They try to make it so flashy and so big, and like do like you know like Salt Snake is doing flips over things and well, like crazy it was slides. Metal Gear Solid, like and, reinterpreted after the Matrix had come out. Yeah, essentially, uh, and you know? it yeah. felt so cheesy. And it was like this is not the badass stealthy action game that I played. This is some like it. It almost felt like a a fan-made version yeah. of the game. It was so bad. It was so bad. And, and yeah, and, and then they, something like Monkey Island comes along, and you're like, see, you can do it really good. Well, so the, the one thing, though, now that I think about it, the controls, the controls are completely different in the Monkey Island Special Editions for both of them. Because mm-hmm. um, if you switch over to Classic Mode, it's like... You see the the terms on screen, and you have a a, a pointer mm-hmm. for for both of them. It's a little wonky in, in in Monkey Island too. Like that was the the only real criticism I have of it so far is that I had to look at the the controls and the help to figure out how to control the character. So I don't know if they've really quite hit on the the right control scheme, and yet somehow that doesn't undermine the gameplay. I'm just happy to see that that there are more of these games that are getting made. Just these these adventure games. Um, one interesting thing, just the only reason I thought of this is because we were just talking about Metal Gear Solid, is that apparently Hideo Kojima, his next game is rumored to be like an adventure game. Hmm. Really? Yeah, I don't know if any of you read about this, um, but I just thought it was kind of interesting. And supposedly, there's all these all these things going around about things he said about his next game. Like, if it doesn't, it's a gamble, it's going to be taboo. If it doesn't work, I might have to leave the game industry. <laughs> um <laughs> Was oh, he's, probably, he's probably cloned so he's being a drama so queen. Really leave. <laughs> yeah. So basically, it's cooking with solid snake, is what you're saying. Yeah, but um, supposedly, like, there's a rumor going around that it might be some kind of like sci-fi like adventure game. 
Um, I mean, because that's that's the thing that's inter- It's it's you know it's an interesting genre because there's no like gunplay, there's no fighting. It's very much like, <laughs> and it's it's sort of uh, click on an arbitrary thing, find some other arbitrary thing that sort of makes sense to go together. And that I don't know. It's, it's sort of an interesting gameplay. I, I I have to wonder how well it translates to people who didn't play the games when they were kids. Because it's I mean, yeah. some of the some of the connections you have to make are just absurd. Yeah. And, Did any of you ever play uh, Fear Effect on the PlayStation? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Mitch, can't did say you that play? I did. No, I can't say that I did. Oh wait, you weren't. A, you never. You didn't really have. You didn't have the original PlayStation, did you? I did not. So you guys are talking about Metal Gear Solid and the Twin Snakes, and I'm like, I played the Twin Snakes and I liked it because I didn't play the original. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. It's fine. You're you're coming at it from a different perspective. So I'm just sitting here like I feel so bad. <laughs> wait, so the only version of the first Metal Gear Solid you played is Twin Snakes? Correct. Wow. Oh, man. Well, I've only ever played, like, the training I, levels <laughs> of Metal Gear Solid. Vi- so. I was a victim of circumstance. I had a GameCube, and I never had a PlayStation, and That's I heard wild. Metal Gear Solid was good. So. Yeah. You, you, you joke about those training levels, Jeff, but people put some serious hours into doing those stupid training levels in Metal Gear Solid. I know. I believe it. I, I know. I would go over to Eddie's, and was it Carrie? That yeah. would just do, it just hours and hours every day, just doing those training missions. They're pretty tough, man. Yeah, yeah. But um, what I was saying about Fear Effect is that it was kind of like a classic adventure game done on the PlayStation with like pre-rendered backgrounds and stuff like that, and had a very mm-hmm. anime kind of look about it. And it was actually I, I think it didn't get reviewed very well, but I actually kind of liked it because it was an adventure game. Right, you know, on the PlayStation, and I, I really see, dug see, it. That's but the it thing. I don't want, I don't want like Mass Effect, the adventure game, right? Yeah. Or, or, like I, I don't want someone to go and like tack on shooting and tack on a bunch of other stuff. I want uh, an honest to god, you know, you click on something ridiculous and, and weird shit happens. Adventure game, you know, like if they, if we're going to talk about a, a resurgence, Telltale Games has been great. With stuff like like all the they they've been doing the the episodic Sam and Max and um, Monkey Island games, and I've I've played the the first uh, a Bear Monkey Island game and that was pretty cool. And they're gonna uh, do the uh, Jurassic Park and Back to the Future games also. And that is just gonna blow <laughs> my mind. <laughs> that, I mean, that, those are cool properties to do adventure games with. Yeah, I mean that I love that kind of stuff, and I want I, I it would be great if there were more developers playing in that space like i love seeing these remastered games but i'd like to see some more developers doing new stuff in it because it, it feels like just this there's a there's a, clearly a market for it <laughs> maybe it's just you know well also like to me it's it. when you do the adventure game thing like that you don't have to come up with like a um, you know you don't have to make it like a third person shooter it doesn't have to be kind of like the the stuff going around like that harry potter is kind of like gears of war like the new the seventh harry potter game apparently right. has gears of war kind of mechanics to it um you know what I mean? Like, you, you don't have to, like, translate your game to a certain kind of play style when you do an adventure game. You just have yeah, you the material have to, to work do, with. Yeah, you don't have to do a kitchen sink. You just write it, write it funny or whatever tone you're going for and just keep it simple. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, maybe that's the thing is that, like, it relies more on writing than gameplay. Yeah, that's true. Well, um, me and Nick have been playing, um, or tonight we, and, we were playing, and and, uh, and Mitch, and Mitch, 
Uh, and, and, and random <laughs> Web Zeros fan that yeah, jumped in. That jumped in. Um, <laughs> nice. But yeah, he was um, he was an extra gun. He was helpful. Yeah, definitely helpful. Yeah, I mean, yeah, um, it, yeah. But um, but you know, we were playing uh, Alien Swarm, which uh, just came out today. Um, the story, if you're if you're if you're not too aware or familiar with what what Alien Swarm is, um, it's this whole. It was a Unreal Tournament 2004 mod um, that was, you know, popular back in the day, and and I've had I've had friends that swore to me up and down that it was some of the most fun co-op gameplay that they've ever played. Um, and Valve actually went along and hired those guys because those guys, Nick, you were saying they won like awards and stuff for that mod. And yeah, they did. They won. <clears throat> I don't know exactly everything, but they did definitely won awards for like best mod. They, I mean, they they were definitely well respected. I mean, they kind of had to be. I mean, Valve's not going to hire you unless you you have some cred. But yeah, uh, yeah they were well respected in the in the mod community. But yeah, so they so they built this top down shooter, four player shooter. Um, and that you would just fight against swarms of aliens and stuff. And uh, Valve actually hired those guys, brought them onto the Left 4 Dead team. And I guess now that Left 4 Dead is done, they've kind of had some time to piddle around. <laughs> I don't know what, but um, they they brought Alien Swarm over and made a proper game out of it and, and built it into the source, the source engine. engine. Yeah, yeah. And Valve released it today for free on Steam. For and, free. Uh, yes. Free. <laughs> It's that stupid. It's stupid yeah. that it's free. It's way too good to be free. So yeah, we were playing it earlier, and it seriously is a blast. I mean, last last podcast we were even talking about, you know, how we miss those kind of Diablo style top down yeah. kind of games, and it it's that's that. what it feels like. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, and, it, I mean, it feels like it feels like Diablo with guns, and like Diablo meets aliens. It's yeah. Maybe. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of Starcraft, which is which is kind of aliens. I yeah. mean, they they know what that is. I mean, it's it's StarCraft meets Diablo meets Aliens meets shooter, yeah, um, and is such a blast. Yeah, I mean, it is it is so much fun, and and the and I had actually never played it before. Um, I know lots of people that have, but everyone on my friends list today had it <laughs> had it loaded up, and they mm-hmm. were playing it. But uh, I mean, there yeah. was a while there where you couldn't download it because servers yeah. were so busy. Yeah, it's just so much fun because it's four players running around. You're you're pointing your mouse where to shoot. Um, there's different classes. It's class based, yeah. yeah. It's class based. There's four different classes. You level up and gain experience and get new weapons and armor abilities as you go. It's just um, every every word you say, Eddie, just makes yeah. it better and better. Like it just and, it gets better and better. Well, I really and on top of that, all it's it's free. I still can't wrap my head around that. <laughs> well, true. that was the thing is we played it for an hour and a half. It was like you know how some games are like time travel. You know, like you, like The Sims was like that for me, where you would jump in, you're like, "Oh crap, it's been two hours." Mm-hmm. Like, um, it was like that for me when we were playing Alien Swarm today. Like, suddenly it had been almost two hours that we had played it, and I was like, "What the heck just happened?" It was really um, hard to step away. I yeah, really yeah. could have just sat there and, and played it for a lot longer. Yeah. Well, and then um, I really liked being the tech specialist because there's a tech specialist, there's a medic, there's kind of like a straight up marine and a heavy gunner. Is that what those the four? Yeah, class? well, there's like there's kind of like a leader marine guy, yeah, and then there's the heavy, and then there's the medic, and then there's the tech. Yeah, I liked being the tech because Jeff. What the cool thing is is like because there are all these aliens just constantly coming at you, and it's not like it's not like a Diablo where you can just constantly swing your sword and you'll be okay. You actually there is actually a limited amount of ammo on the level, so you mm-hmm. can't just shoot forever. So sometimes you have to just keep moving. 
and the tech specialist can get a, a like a welding gun and he can weld doors shut behind you oh, as wow. you run to new areas. And That's the other cool. yeah, and then sometimes you'll come to a door you have to get through that has to be unsealed and they have to get you off or you have to hack something and you can seal the doors in and then try to hack it while they're breaking the doors down. Yeah, so there's yeah. lots of moments of like where you're you're running through the level and then you'll get to a room or something and you'll basically just like set up shop there. And then somebody will have to start hacking or doing or doing something, and the rest okay. of you will sit there and like the medic will drop his his totem, and then everyone will stand <laughs> around him, and we'll just we'll just kill everything in sight, nice. and those those moments are are amazing. Yeah, See, yeah, I, I like the as soon as you said like limited amount of ammo, I popped yeah. right up there because that just that sounds crazy and yeah. The, yeah, the ammo is really limited because the tech specialist that uh, Eddie used, his uh, secondary ability is to drop out ammo. And uh, we were going through it, and Eddie didn't know that he only had, like, you can only carry three boxes of ammo from the start. You can't mm-hmm. refill it. So he he drops all three of them out. Then <laughs> <laughs> Eddie and I get to the end of the level. I'm like, Eddie, drop ammo. He's like, how? And I'm like, reduced to, I'm reduced to punching bugs. <laughs> yeah. So like I'm, I'm a medic just swinging my fist trying to like stay alive and I'm like drop ammo. He's like I'm out. Yeah. yeah and Mitch they, is that, yelling at me and I'm like I think it's a limited amount and Mitch is like I have 10 medic units. Surely you have 10 ammo boxes, but I only had three like, and I used eight. all of them. <laughs> yeah, Jeff, the uh they look like the the bugs from Starship Troopers kind Ooh. of, I guess. Right? Would you would you agree, Eddie? That's yeah, kind of what yeah. they look like. Yeah. But yeah, it's just Oh man, it's so much fun. And like really it's it's exponentially more fun with that with the extra person. So like from 2 to 3 and then from 3 to 4 is really it, once you get all four people in there, it's it becomes a madhouse and it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, the best part the best part was when we were playing on normal and we were annihilating it and then the game's like, "Oh, you could probably bump it up to hard." Then we're like, "Yeah, probably." And then we walk forward like five steps and we all just get wiped out in an instant. Yeah, we because <laughs> awesome. we well, because we were very loosey-goosey at normal. We were yeah. like, "Oh, whatever, let's shoot this guy, shoot this guy. Who cares?" And then you get on hard and it's like you really have to be a team about it, but we were still like, oh, "I don't really care." I don't know. And then it's just like everybody died. Well, and then like nice. it's crazy how quickly it unravels once one of your teammates well, yeah, is gone. Yeah, once one of your teammates gone, you're it just probably going to lose. Completely. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It just spirals out of control. <laughs> but um to me, the, the the bigger thing we wanted to talk about with in regards to Alien Swarm is just, to me, like as much as people kind of kind of joke about PC gaming and say whatever, um, to me, like mods and, and games like Alien Swarm are a testament to like the lasting power of, you know, of this is what makes PC gaming really special in, in a lot of ways. It's true. Um, it's what makes it different. Yeah, it's, it's these mods that that give. That give games these like really long legs, um, and that's only that's one of the last few things that's starting to trickle down into console gaming. With like um, Halo Three, has kind of a, a mod community and for like the Forge stuff and um, Little Big Planet. Um, Little Big Planet Two looks like one of the first really big kind of tools that that you're going to see even more of that with, but. Uh, like mod na- mod nation racers, I right? Mean, that's yeah. that whole thing is about that, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's just interesting looking at, I guess, just to see kind of like the lifespan that that PC mods uh, give to like these games. 
Well, yeah. here's a here's a here's a quick example. Um, Fallout Three. I haven't touched that since the last expansion pack came out, which was like about a year ago. And my buddy sent me this link saying, like, look, someone's modded, like, Space Marine power armor from Warhammer 40,000 to the game. Like, I watched that video, and I want to go amazing. reinstall it and try that because it looked awesome. So, like, a game that I haven't thought about for a year, just this one small mod made me want to go install it. Well, yeah, the, I mean, the mod community in Oblivion was insane. Like, all the stuff that they did there were, like, it, it became so crazy that it was a different game on PC than it was on console. By really? The, See, I didn't hear about any of this. I, I didn't. I didn't even realize. I mean, yeah, I guess I mean, I didn't, yeah. Oblivion. The mods were crazy. All the stuff that you could do. Like, I mean, as simple as just like extending draw distance. And yeah. like for some people, that was like a deal breaker. That was like, if I can't extend draw distance, I don't want to play it on console. So it, it became, it became a really big deal. And then of course, you know, you have stuff like Neverwinter Nights where. Oh that, yeah, that is that is the game almost like the mod community built up Neverwinter Nights for what it was supposed to be, and then like I was talking to you earlier, Eddie, about about Dota, Defense of the Ancients, and it became a thing where where it was a Warcraft three mod that kind of turned it into more of an RPG type game. And well, it's it, its own genre now, right? It is in its own, it, but it's like that that is what Warcraft three became. Like, people stopped playing Warcraft 3, and then people just played Dota servers. And that's all they did. And, and, hmm. and it, like that, that carried that game on to today. People are still playing Dota today. Wow. I mean, and how even, old is that game? Like, 10 years or something? Yeah, 10 years old. Yeah, something like that. And then, um, I mean, we're, I mean oh, go on, Eddie. Well, I was, gonna, I, was, I was probably going to talk about what you were going to talk about, Counter-Strike. Yeah, Counter-Strike. Well, the, well two things. Um, Counter-Strike was a mod that was a mod for Half-Life and then became a Valve game, you know, when they, when they gobbled it up and then became the most popular multiplayer game of all time. You know what I mean? Like other than MMOs, like wow or whatever, like it was a, it was a simple mod for Half-Life that then became humongously big. And the, I mean like that, you know, we made leap world and stuff like that. I mean that all of that is because of this, of this silly mod for Half-Life. Or I also wanted to bring up Team Fortress. I mean, yeah. Team Fortress yeah. was a Quake mod for Quake 1 that and that that's another thing cuz it cuz that was another thing where it was this mod for another engine that then Valve took and then made a proper sequel for in Team Fortress 2. They're doing the exact same thing for Alien Swarm. So it's actually not that strange that, that they're doing this because they've shown a history of doing that. I mean, yeah, you, you did have TFC on, on the Half-Life engine too after Quake, but it's, it's like it, that became this thing that like passed from engine to engine to engine to engine. And it just started off as a silly Quake mod. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, mods are really, really big deal in, in PC gaming. Yeah, well, Valve really knows what side their bread is buttered on. I mean, so many of their most popular stuff is like mods that they've taken in and sort of spruced up and brought people wasn't, on. Who wasn't Dodd the a mod, too? Yeah, Dave, Dave Defeat yeah. was. Dave yeah. Defeat was a mod, and that now that's a, like a full-on Valve game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and, and really it's funny because in the console community, there's really no frame of reference for this kind of stuff if you've only been a console gamer. Um, like the, the the biggest example I can think of is... 
Halo 2 had, you know, because Halo always had its custom game settings. Halo 2 had its custom game the settings. Predator and, mode? Well, no, it was the it was the zombie mode. The zombie, mode. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was the zombie mode, and uh, it it was kind of a user created thing that then Bungie made a a real game type uh, for Halo 3. You know, hmm. um, and so same thing for like you know, Griffball. What, yeah, Griffball. The Rooster Teeth guys made Griffball, and now it's an official playlist on on Bungie. That's that's the most comparable thing I can think of, and really, that's only scratching the surface compared to what. Yeah, that's PC not that's not creating yeah. an entire game on exactly. on a dude in his basement making a mod. You know what I mean? Yeah, like that's, yeah. I mean, it seems like the 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 examples we came up with that were like big on modification were games that were built for modification. Yeah. Like you know, Little Big Planet. That was the idea all along is that it was supposed to be really user generated mm-hmm, content. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, but since it's on the consoles, all you get is like levels made of dongs. <laughs> <laughs> I think Everybody there's more to it than that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not in Mitch's we- world. In Mitch's world, it's just levels of dongs. <laughs> well, I mean, and that is uh, that backfired. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like the the spirit is is intact and in, and in too. In a lot of like it sounds like because you can port in all of the user generated content from Little Big Planet One into two, so that 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 carries over. That seems like the, a really rare example of somebody doing it really right for consoles. It's the same thing with Mod Nation Racers. That like, it's it's that that the PS3 is kind of the one moving in that direction more so sure. than well because uh, I think the PS3 is trying to talk to gamers. Yeah, I mean I think that they see Natal or Connect and. <laughs> they're like, oh, well, they're doing this. Well, this is our opportunity because, you know, it was always the Xbox was the hardcore gamer's console. If you were a PC gamer, then you were probably also in the Xbox, but the PlayStation was for those console guys. But now, with Connect, it's like they're uh, they're trying to claim that hardcore space. And, I mean, you saw that at the press conference with, with doing stuff like doing the new Twisted Metal, like, that's speaking to the hardcore base. And then things like we talked about with the the Steam Connect, with the right. Steam Play or whatever it is. Where did you the, see? On, sorry to interrupt you, real quick. On Alien Swarm, one of the options was Steam Cloud. Yeah, really? I, saw I saw that, that. Steam Cloud. Yeah. That's what it is. Thank you, Eddie. Yeah, 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 Steam Cloud with like so you can buy it and then play it on PlayStation and play it on the PC. That is super attractive to a PC well, gamer. Well, do we know that that's... Uh, we don't know that that's the... What right, it is right, right. Sure. But I'm just saying that, that that's something that's being discussed. So, I mean, I, yeah. I think that Sony is looking at that. They're not sort obl- of they're not oblivious the- to it. You know, they, they get it, and they that might be a space they want to enter while mm-hmm. Microsoft is over there making raft games where you jump up and down. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it, it really, it really... They really want to be the opposite of that. They want to be the hardcore gamers answer to consoles, you know? Yeah. Sort of reaching out to the, the PC gamers in a yeah. way. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think that, and I'm not for sure that's what they're doing, but I think that that is something that if they're not doing, they could look to do, but I think mm. it's, I mean, come on, they brought Gabe Newell out on stage. Like yeah. Yeah. that was a big, big deal. Like th- yeah. there's, there's definitely something going on at Sony. They definitely have a plan some, somehow. The, the one thing I was going to say that's interesting about mods is that it seems like of all the fan content that gets generated online, I, I guess mods are the ones that sort of have legs and legitimacy to them, you know? 
it's like cause it, you just you just listed off a half dozen mods that got turned into real games and uh, and most of them were done by valve yeah valve does not like machinima and does not want their users <laughs> to use their engines to make movies but yeah, we don't know anything use, about that at all no. right <laughs> i know but if they want to use their engines to make mods yeah, yeah. Go for well it. then shit they'll fucking pay you to do it they'll buy you up <laughs> and they'll pay you to do it yeah you know, no, like, that's kind of I mean, crazy that's though, that's though, but... <laughs> left but yeah i mean that's that's kind of crazy that that's that's the, the avenue where it comes out where that left that's the legitimate dead. avenue but i guess Six maybe dead. it's because you can build such an original thing on the skeleton of the game i don't know maybe that helps yeah, and the, and true. that it's something they can turn around and sell yeah that's true too they can eat yeah. it up and then turn around and be like hey I'm, we're now we're gonna sell this i how is it free mitch i still don't understand that <laughs> No, no, I don't get it. It's too it's good of a game. Much, it's, it's too way good. too much game for free. It's they 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 charged people for Left for Dead, and this is free. <laughs> like, Man, I'm gonna have to <laughs> what? reformat you know, my hard drive you know, so I can install Boot Camp. <laughs> you know what's gonna happen? It's like, well, we hope you guys enjoyed uh, Alien Swarm. The you know, free you, trial you know. of Alien, Alien Swarm for a month. <laughs> now it's no, no, no. thirty nine yeah, ninety nine. Like, it's like no, and now Half Life Three is never coming. <laughs> <laughs> right. Sorry. <laughs> oh man, yeah, it's it's fun. I definitely recommend. You know, if you that. have a PC and you, I, I no, that's it. If you have a PC, download this game. Seriously, if you were, there's nothing else. I don't even care. If you have a PC, download this game. You should. It, you're gonna thank me for it later. All right. Well, moving along um, from what me and me and Nick have been playing to Mitch. Um, kind of following up from the last podcast where Mitch was playing Crackdown 2. Uh, Mitch, I guess if you want to take it away. Yeah, so I I finished up Crackdown 2. I put in my review and I gave it a D because, like, frankly, Crackdown 2 is just not... It's really not that good. I mean, they I've heard a lot that they were coasting on the success of the original, so I said, you know what, I've never played the original, but I'm going to go pick it up. I found it for 20 bucks at GameStop, so not too bad. And so I've been playing it would be like 10 in America. Well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. So anyway, Mitch, Mitch um, is actually weeping uncontrollably right now. <laughs> by the way. So, it, so, anyways, I took it back to my igloo on my 12-inch black and white there TV. There it is. There it is. <laughs> and I've been playing it the last week, and it's just—it is remarkably better. Crackdown One is remarkably better than Crackdown Two, which is insane considering that game came out three years ago and Crackdown Two came out like last month or right. this. How month. fun is Crackdown, Mitch? Because it is so, so much fun. fun. Yeah, it is so much fun. Like it is actually fun as opposed to Crackdown Two, which felt like a time sink. Really? Like yeah, Crackdown Two. You're just like it's everything in there just exists to like just make you spend time picking up orbs, and it doesn't feel fun. Like it just feels like you're doing it for some achievement which i guess is all they made it for but crackdown one it's actually fun to get in there and fight the gangs and collect orbs and drive around and use explosives and mm -hmm. co-op is amazingly fun in crackdown one and run over gang members yeah yeah it's insane how much more fun it is like which it's just it's just a thing i mean like when when uh developers i guess pass because the guys who made the original crackdown they went on to make uh real-time world um real-time worlds they went on to make uh apb that uh, MMO that came out uh, a little while ago, which got oh, yeah. terrible I, reviews, by the way. Yeah, it it got tanked, it got slammed by everybody. So I don't know if they would have been any good at Crackdown Two. Maybe this was like a miracle for them. But <laughs> <laughs> they went on to make APB, and Microsoft at the time didn't want to just didn't uh, couldn't justify Crackdown Two. 
So they passed it off to Ruffian Games, who uh, was like a Splinter studio from Real Time Worlds, and they made it in like ten months. But it's just the sort of thing we're passing off the your franchise to a new developer. I guess something gets lost in translation. Like I can think of another example, um, Night Steel Republic Two, which I brought up last week, and Nick, I think your response was a resounding boo. Yeah, to that one. The, yeah, that was yeah, maybe because, a little bit mean, but yes. <laughs> well, I liked I liked Knights of the Republic too, but even I'd agree that that something got lost in the transition from Bioware to Obsidian. Like there was some sort. That's there was tough, definitely, dude, to follow Bioware. Like that's tough. It it is tough. I mean, but it, to think about it, it's also tough to follow Crackdown, right? Because mm. I just spent I just spent like two minutes gushing about how awesome a three year old game is. No, because it was because like the thing is, is you have to remember at the time, literally Crackdown was, oh, that's the game where you can play Halo Three demo, if you if you buy this game. Yeah, and like that that's seriously the sole reason people bought it. Well, not the sole reason, but it was a reason that a bunch of people bought it. And then they actually popped in the game, and then it turned out to be one of the, what, one of the top five games of that year? Maybe top three? Like, Crackdown hit it on every cylinder for me in the fun department. Like, yeah, it was it, just, it was it the right was game at just the right time. Fun. Like, uh, that's, yeah. it, it might not have done this well or this well or this, whatever. The story, stupid, who cares? The graphics are whatever they are. They're but actually it, better than two. Ouch, <laughs> really? So that sucks. Is it just the colors that are better? Because I, I mean, I, that was the thing that a lot of people were commenting is that, on. But that's because people hate Diablo three, and it's going to be awesome. So, pe- well, so well, I, I, actually, Mitch, the thing I was going to ask you is, can, can you put your finger on like what it is that sucks the fun out of? Because I've just played the demo, and it seemed like mostly the same plus zombies. So, can you like what is it? Because the one thing that I read in review was that you know. Crackdown 2 keeps you on the ground a lot more and that, that you just feel surrounded by enemies. But what is it about it that really dragged it down for you? Was it just repetitive? or? Well, I mean, Crackdown 1 just had more more personality than Crackdown 2. Like, Crackdown 2 definitely felt like some sort of, somebody just like churned it out through a cloning machine. Like, and they lost all the originality and the personality in the process. Because like, it, it, like the, the graphics are washed out the enemies are boring to fight. The objectives—it's the same objective for nine hours. I mean, in Crackdown One. Well, I mean, so in, in Crackdown One, there's what four different gangs. There's only one gang in, in Crackdown Two, right? Yeah, there's only one gang in Crackdown Two and the zombies. But in Crackdown One, you've got, uh, like you said, the three different gangs, and they're all—they're all totally different to fight. I mean, you, they're all the stereotypical like Mexican, Chinese, and Russian gangs. But like even just having that difference between them makes it more interesting to go through the missions, mm-hmm. because it feels because it feels like you're actually making a tangible difference. Whereas you clean one island out of cell and zombies, and you move on to the next island, and they're still there, so it doesn't feel like you've done anything. So there's no there, there aren't like newer enemies that crop crop up later, harder stuff like later on. It's just I mean, the same same enemies over and over again. Pretty pretty much. There's like one harder zombie in Crackdown Two, but that's it. That's that's weird. That that seems so strange. Like. I mean, it's not that hard to come up with like three sets of enemies. I wonder what the logic was that they only made that one because that did seem strange in the demo. It's just like, really? There's just the one game. Well, it seems like they didn't get what, and this is going back to to the to the topic that Mitch brought up about handing off sequels. It seems to me that you know that that they didn't quite get what made the first one so good. I was talking to you guys about this earlier that it was like you hand off a bunch of lines of code 
from one developer to another and it's like here make this but you know there's there's heart involved and this sounds cheesy but there's heart involved with games and there's there's a lot of stuff that kind of these intangible things that 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 don't get passed along i think and i think you can feel it when you play a game no Um, that yeah that's totally true like um a buddy of mine he recently bought an xbox and i'm like well here's here's Crackdown 2, try the demo, and he's like, meh. And I'm like, well, I picked up Crackdown 1 because I heard it was better, and he also picked it up for 20 bucks. He picked it up on Friday. It is now Monday. He has collected 470 achievement orb, uh, agility orbs. And that's, yeah, that's no, they're fine. achievement orbs. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, slip, slip of the tongue there. But yeah, he's collected 470 out of 500 orbs in that space of time because he loves it so much. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah and, and Crackdown 2, he played the demo, and he was just like, no, crap. See, that's a that's a testament to Crackdown, I think. It's because I've always been curious about, like, you know, with the whole Bioshock 1, Bioshock 2 thing, it's like, it, it was kind of a similar thing of, like, it didn't have the heart of Bioshock 1. Yeah. Did, you, did you play through all of Bioshock 2? No, I haven't 2? played through all of 2, but, I mean, I kind of felt that same thing. But is that just because I played 1 first? So the fact that Mitch is saying that he played 2 first, and that 1 still felt, like, that's kind of interesting to me, because maybe there's something more to that than that it's just more of the same. Maybe it actually was done better. You know what I mean? Like, maybe it wasn't just that it was fresh. Maybe it's that they actually just executed it better. Yeah, maybe they just captured that lightning in the bottle, I mean. Mm -hmm. And then they just felt like they didn't need to try and innovate on that. Like, because Super Mario 64 definitely had that same sort of thing, and it seems like Nintendo was constantly trying to one-up themselves. But with Crackdown, with Crackdown 2, they just thought, well, the formula's pretty good. We just need to crank out another one of these, and it'll be an instant success. Well, yeah, I mean, well, I I mean every Zelda since Ocarina of Time, right, has been just Ocarina trying to be Ocarina of Time. Yeah. So there's there's definitely a thing of like trying to live up your predecessors and not quite making it. Probably could. One thing, one thing I wanted to bring up, I don't know how true it was, but the case with Crackdown 2 and Knights of the Republic 2 is that Bioware and real-time worlds moved on to different projects like Jade Empire and APB and mm-hmm. uh, LucasArts and Microsoft in their respective cases wanted a sequel so they just handed it off and had someone pump it out in a limited time frame building on the framework that came before so that's probably part of the reason because I know Knights 2 was rushed out for a holiday release and that's why it didn't have an ending Yeah, because I, I think I remember game, Eddie game playing that months. didn't you play that over winter break Eddie? yeah yeah yeah, and Crackdown 2 came together in 10 months. Well, my, what I remember about Crackdown 2, um, before, like a few months ago, something that concerned me was, uh, what's his name? Steven Totillo on Kotaku wrote a thing about he, um, that he got to sit down and play the game, and he was like, oh, well, what about this? This is my favorite part of the game. And they're like, oh, well, That's we took that out. There. Yeah. yeah. And like he said that for like three or four different things, and they were like, oh, well, we took that out. And yeah. When I read that, I was trying not to jump to conclusions. Hmm, but you know, we, I was trying ta- not we to talked go about forward. it, Eddie. We yeah. were that, seems like a, that does seem like a really strange creative choice, too, since we're talking about how great the first one was. Why did they take things out? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, you know, like... All they had to, to do was the same... Yeah, all they had to do was the same with... A, <laughs> you know? Like, even if it had basically been, like, a mod. <laughs> yeah. It, well, it, it feels like a mod that isn't good. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. It feels like a zombie mod that is not well done, yes? <laughs> yes, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> Crackdown track zombie mod. Yeah. yeah. Nice. I mean, and, and that's the thing is, like, Eddie, like, I, I think that it was such a... 
it was such a secret success. Like, nobody could tell you why Crackdown was amazing, but everybody told you it was amazing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, I think, Mitch, you might have had something with the whole catching lightning in the bottle there, because I think that they just, they hit it right, and there's it's there's not a formula to how that happened. It just was organic and just happened. Well, because it's a game without a story. I mean, it doesn't have a story. No, it doesn't. It's, it's, it's so honestly, it's ridiculously it's kind of hollow. It's kind of yeah. a hollow game. Yes. Yeah, and it's ridiculously repetitive. Like by all rights, it has no reason to be fun. <laughs> you know, except for the fact that you can jump over buildings and throw cars at people. <laughs> and for some true. reason, and for some reason, that makes it more fun than in the second game where you can do exactly the same thing. And it also has one of the best rocket launchers in game history. Yes. All right, well, now that we've uh, kind of covered some of the games and stuff that we've been playing, uh, the next segment that we're going to hit on is uh, some community topics. We've got just a couple um, on top of the poll that we did of Game of the Year where Mass Effect 2 ran away with the vote, um, which actually kind of surprised me a little bit. It seems that more of you need to play Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> to, to get the correct there you go. I'm, not, I'm, I'm, being un, I'm being unbiased but I'm saying everyone needs to play Red Dead <laughs> <laughs> I actually am surprised that, that as many people voted for waiting for Starcraft 2 yeah also. I was surprised by that I mean I'm not too surprised that there were some people that are waiting for it because it's like it's one of the biggest releases in a really long time like people have been waiting for that game forever but at the same time it's a game that isn't out yet and there was a decent amount of votes for a game that wasn't out yet so. Yeah, I mean, uh, it it could be Spore for all you know. Yeah, ouch. And then also our Ooh. our game of the year poll is just useless because someone forgot to put Alan Wake on it. So um, that was a little burn image. Yeah, well, nobody <laughs> nobody noticed until I told you about it today. So maybe <laughs> Alan Wake is game of the year. <laughs> yeah, I guess not. Um, but one of the other community things we wanted to discuss real quick is the uh, Would You Rather topic we did earlier in the week um which that i didn't answer yeah that nick didn't answer but um it was actually mitch's idea to split it into because every now and then we try to come up with like a you know what are what is what is a good kind of um community discussion because i don't know my favorite features on gamer sushi are the ones where everyone answers and has like really cool feedback and kind of the the pop quiz or the would you rather or the gamer sushi asks kind of stuff it was actually mitch's idea to do one that was just one based on one genre you know and next we want to do an fps one which i'm expecting a ton of responses on just because yeah. those are the two most divisive genres in gaming i feel rpgs and fps's oh yeah you're probably right there's a lot of ways you can go i think it'd be cool to do one about uh, rt also the best time. acronyms really guys <laughs> <laughs> mmo fps rpg mm-hmm, tps mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yep but yeah. Except nobody does BBQ. TBS anymore. So what is TBS? Turn-based strategy. No, I, said, oh. I, I said TPS, third-person shooter. Oh, yeah. Nobody does that though. Nobody does that. Nobody does that. <laughs> Gears wasn't a real game. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it was actually it was cool looking at all the responses on here. Um, just a lot of things that I hadn't really thought about before. But it's interesting looking around. Um, one of the things that stuck out to me, because it basically kind of boiled down to, and we didn't really mean to do this when we came up with the questions, but it seemed to boil down to more of kind of like Western versus Japanese, you know, role-playing game kind of questions. And that seems to be kind of a big deal that that a lot of kind of gaming sites are hitting on and that we've been kind of hitting on a little bit. But um, I saw an interesting article 
this week on Kotaku about this, where the Final Fantasy, uh, the guy that was heading up Final Fantasy thirteen, um, I don't even know how to pronounce his name, Wada. <laughs> that sounds like a cartoon character. Um, but Wada was saying that um, that not a lot of people were happy with Final Fantasy thirteen, and in Kotaku's article about it, they were suggesting that it needed a that Final Fantasy the series needed a reboot, which is kind of silly because every Final Fantasy is a reboot. Um, but but what was interesting about it is that they were saying that it needs to be made more like Mass Effect and that uh, all this other stuff. And I was noticing, the reason I'm saying all this is I was noticing in the comments there was a kind of um, kind of a push away from linear gaming. And I'm seeing it in a lot of gaming sites too, um, just these comments of people pushing back at the idea of linear. And I guess the thing I wanted to ask was when did linear become such a bad word, I guess, in this generation of games? And it's like, stupid is- because Mass Effect 2 is linear. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just because Mass you can Mass go to different planets, that just disguises it. I mean, it's not, it's not like Oblivion, where I mean, Oblivion really is kind of open or Fallout. I mean, Mass Effect Two is terribly, terribly linear, and so it's kind of stupid that they, that people diss on Final Fantasy Thirteen for being linear and yet praise Mass Effect Two, even though it's basically the same thing. Just because there's not a just because Final Fantasy thirteen had a physical hallway that you saw all the time that that annoyed you because you were just going down a straight pathway, and Mass Effect two disguised it more, it's still the same thing. I mean, they're they're still both very linear because it, I, I think if you want to tell a really good story, you probably need to make your 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 game pretty linear, or it could yeah, it can ruin the- it. Yeah. The, the, that's the point that I was going to make, is that, like, I loved Oblivion, but the storytelling is awful. Right, because, yeah. Well, yeah, same thing, like, um, that's one, like, I'm playing Monkey Island 2 right now. Stupidly linear, you know, but it's not bad, you know, like, it's, it's I mean, you have to do X to do Y to do Z, like, to keep moving forward, you know, um, to do everything in that game, and and it's not bad by any stretch of the imagination. Same thing, like, Uncharted 2. You know, <laughs> incredibly linear. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, so it's just weird that linear has become such like this negative. There's like this negative association with the word linear um, these days. I saw on um, Pop Matters, which has become like a really cool gaming features website that I like to go to, um, where they broke down like the three kinds of open or the three kinds of like worlds and open worlds in video games. There was like the Bioware model, which is kind of Nick what you were saying, like the linear like disguised linear world mm-hmm. yeah you know like yeah you have a choice to go to this place and this place and this place but you've got to do all of them you know all right and, um, you, and until you do that you can't move on to the next portion of the game yeah you got to do uh, the four planets before you go do the end game stuff yeah yeah exactly yeah. and then it and then it said then it broke down and said then there's the rock star style of open world where it's slightly less linear but it still is fairly linear you just have even bigger clusters of things you can do mm-hmm. before you can go to whatever, yeah, but, you know. But you still have the main, the main well, it, story it, Yeah, in, the, in that really what it comes down to is that there's a huge number of side quests and minigames that, that make it seem like there's more going on. And there's just a physically huge open world. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, phys- like the physically huge world, but also just... Because it... I mean, that's the thing. Like, um, I, don't know, I guess you guys never played No More Heroes, but... They kind of took the the bad part of the open world 
they basically just give you this giant map that you have to drive around to and from places, but there's nothing to do on the map but drive. And that, yeah, I mean, there's here and That's there, annoying. there's little, well, there here and there, there's little things to do, but mostly it's just driving. And yeah, the, it's the combination of the two things. It's the big world with populated with things to do. So you could you could theoretically go and play nothing but side quests for hours and feel satisfied. Yeah, and 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 that's actually the difference, you know, kind of what Nick was saying that like, because Bioware is is the quote unquote you know non-linear game that has you know that you can go to these different planets, but the planets aren't big sandboxes, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, whereas like in a Rockstar game, it's kind of a sandbox, but it's still fairly linear. But it's 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 a more open space than a Bioware game. Um, and and the article wasn't talking about like these are the you know only these three developers do it, but it was just saying like, these are what these three developers are known for where Bioware is the least open of the open worlds. Rockstar is the middle. And then the third step is Bethesda. Like, yeah. Bethesda, which is just a open. sandbox. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, where you can do whatever you can ignore the story if you want and still access certain parts of the map and do what you want. You like can you just Auto steal for 10 hours or 30. Like I did. <laughs> <laughs> Because, like, you know, in Grand Theft Auto 4, you couldn't access certain parts of, of the island right. until later in the game. So, but in, like, Oblivion or Fallout 3, you can go anywhere you want in the world and ignore the story if you want completely. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. in Oblivion, I put in 140 hours and I played the storyline. Yeah. I mean, and that's, just, like, that's, I think that's part of it is just how much detail is put into the game. I, in retrospect, I think I prefer linear over sandbox both because of the storytelling and because sandbox games are such a fucking time sink oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah you know like because you have those options like that's the thing i think people think that you get more value in a sandbox game because you're like oh you can play for 100 hours and steal shit you know i don't know if that's value <laughs> i think that's just quantity over quality well, Just Cause 2 is definitely that. It was a huge sandbox, but all it was was like minor distractions. Mm. Yeah, no, yeah. I heard I heard Just Cause 2 was too big. I heard it was like I, yeah. a continent. Like, huge, huge big. Like, it would take you forever to get across the island, right? Yeah, well, I think I, I flew a helicopter from one side to the other. It took me like 15, 20 minutes, which is stupid. Yeah, that's, <laughs> see, that's, that's a problem. That is fit. No, like the problem is with me for spending 15 minutes watching a fake helicopter <laughs> fly across a fake island. No, but that's a problem. That's that's when you're just big for big's sake. Like you're not big yeah. because it it makes your game better. Yeah. Well, yeah. The de- the story definitely didn't make that better, but yeah, I think yeah. I think I'm probably the biggest fan of you know because it was kind of what you're saying, Jeff. Like if you don't have like any kind of linear thing, you mean like it's almost too aimless and too whatever and. One of the comments I liked on the thread was uh, from Glebe. Hope I'm pronouncing that right. It always sounds weird when you try to pronounce people's people's names <laughs> online. You know, handles, um, yeah. Like de- what was I saying earlier? I was like, de- yeah, we got a comment from Defteats, and that was, and <laughs> I was like, we, I feel so you know weird what? saying I, that. Nothing against the guy, but we all just laughed for a very long time. <laughs> no, um, Glebe's comment. Glebe. 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 Love it. Yeah, his, his comment, <laughs> whoever you are, buddy. Like, <laughs> it was like it's basically he said that you can make that he likes open world games that where you can make them linear, 
you know, which to me is kind of that the the rock star mm-hmm. formula to me. Um, it's you know a, mean, like it's a thing, though, right? I mean, it's like a, it, there's some people that can't do that. That they're they're faced with the open world sandbox, and then it's just like they're crippled. Yeah, they're crippled by choice, and they and they'll they just cannot do that and they love fable 2 where you literally have like breadcrumbs you know yeah, what i mean yeah. like you you walk up to someone they're like hey there's a quest do you want to do it and your only option is yes <laughs> and then and then it, and then it has breadcrumbs to the quest right yeah. yeah yeah i mean like that that's like that is the dream of the person who is crippled by open world games <laughs> is fable 2 well, I mean, then they added GPS to GTA 4 and Red Dead Redemption, so you can just follow the little trail on your map. That works really well in Red Dead. That did, yeah. Also, it just was really fun to ride on a horse. Like, more fun That's than true. most horses. Like, more fun than Oblivion horses, by far. Red Dead oh, yeah, horses. No, I, never, I never used horses in Oblivion. It was a pain in the ass. Red Dead horses. Like, Assassin's Creed horses. Or Assassin's yeah. Creed horses. Like, that's the thing is, like, you know, we always beg for fast travel, which, I mean, if, which is good, and I'm glad Red Dead did it. Honestly, for the most part, I didn't want to fast travel in Red Dead. I actually wanted to ride on the horse. See, that's, yeah, that's especially good once to you get the faster horses. You yeah. know what? Honestly, the main reason that I turned off Grand Theft Auto 4 and sent it back was because I could not drive the car. <laughs> and I thought to myself, okay, this is a, a game about driving a car half the time, I'm sure. Uh, I need to send it back. because I. Yeah, Grand Theft Auto. There's a car involved. Grand Theft Auto, um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, my main experience was like basically fishtailing every time I drove <laughs> and then uh, walking with a girl like across town to go bowling on a date. And I was just like, holy shit, this is so boring. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I have yet a friend the game finished... got perfect tens, Jeff. <laughs> I have a friend that finished Red Dead. And now he is uh, playing through the expansions to Grand Theft Auto, and he mm. keeps pushing the but- button to whistle for his horse <laughs> whenever he leaves the building. Wow. Because <laughs> nice. nice. he's so used to it. Well, you know, so what wow. I was just talking about kind of dovetails into one of the other topics, too. Yeah, um, that's a good transition, Jeff. Way to go. <laughs> uh, but to transition Segway. to the next... Segway. <laughs> we did... We did a whole thing about um, submitting your podcast questions, and uh, the question that we liked was um, games that you hated that everybody else likes. Um, so that that's probably a good jumping off point. I think, Mitch, you had an answer for that. Yeah, and uh, I'm probably going to get a lot of hate for this, but Bioshock is one game that everybody seems to like that I did not enjoy. I think I think part of the reason is I came at it too late. Like it came out in two. 2007 and I didn't end up playing it until 2009 just because it it never it never appealed to me to play it and when I did play it it just felt so dated and I was like mm-hmm. I don't see what the big fuss is about this is and I was like mm, done after like 10 minutes because it like the, yeah because the gunplay just felt really loose it looked like everything had been slathered with a nice coat of Vaseline before you keep like the graphics were just shiny and gross to me <laughs> so it, it just it didn't look good it didn't play good and I kind of already knew the the like the big spoiler of the story, so I didn't really feel motivated to keep going. So I just came at it too late, and every time I say I don't like Bioshock, I get this sort of like weird cockeyed stare, like I'm like I'm mentally defective or something. <laughs> well, see, I'm, I didn't feel quite as strongly as you do about it. I, I didn't actually dislike Bioshock. I just never got into it. 
Like I played it for a few hours and I wasn't, and I was kind of like, okay, I don't think this is bad. I'm just not, I just don't really feel like playing it anymore. Like I, I'm like, I can see why people love this game. I can see, you know, what was awesome about it. And I did already know the twist, you know, when I was doing that. So I don't know how much that affected my want to play it anymore. Plus I, I heard that like the ending boss was kind of lame. So I was just like, eh, ending you know, boss but I, is really lame. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I didn't love have any game. feelings of dislike towards it. I just didn't go nuts about it the way everyone yeah, else did. I did. Yeah, don't get me don't get me wrong. I don't I don't hate Bioshock. I just don't it just didn't appeal to me. See, I think I was like I played it late, but it was literally the first game I played on the 360. Oh. Modern. So um yeah, cuz that was the the when I bought the system, that was the game that I bought with it. Mm. And I think I also bought Mass Effect. But I, did, I I rolled badly the first time I played Mass Effect, and I went to Novaria first, and I got screwed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah. But, I know um, both of you, you love Bioshock. You didn't have a healer. Yeah, yeah. Duh. No, but yeah. So Bioshock, I, I I had a good experience with. But yeah, it, it's kind of funny that I hated Grand Theft Auto Four so much because I I played the shit out of Grand Theft Auto Three. That's one of the only PlayStation Two games I really played. I think I actually beat it. Was it like Vice City? How many Grand Theft Auto three games are there? Three. 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 You want three? Yeah, there's three. Yeah. Vice, Vice City, City and, San and San Andreas. Okay, so I played. Yeah, I played. I played Vice City. I think. It, Vice wait, City had an awesome soundtrack. Is that yeah, the one with Ray? Is that the one with Ray Liotta? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's the one that I played. That one's good. That one was great. I that like one, that I one, I feel like they. That, I feel like that was. Like the perfect. Like just bigger than three, but not quite what San Andreas was. Like I feel like that was like where they hit they hit it on all cylinders. Was with well, I think the big I think the big difference between three and four is that four feels too realistic. Like I remember talking to people about how like they felt like they had to follow the traffic. You know, you had to stop at traffic lights. In well, four. four, well, four was just a remake of three, really, with better graphics. I mean, well, but better graphics, but like, it, it just like for some reason the realism felt different. It's like, I, I definitely remember like feeling the need to stop at stoplights, whereas in three I just drove around and did whatever the hell I wanted. Like three was more like Crackdown. Crackdown was basically like, you know, the absurdity pulled out of Grand Theft Auto Three with no story. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then and then with Vice City, it, it was even more ridiculous. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was it was just enough ridiculousness. I mean, just you weren't enough, hijacking yeah. a train with a train with a jetpack to steal aliens or whatever you did in San Andreas. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, I mean, do we have any other examples of like Eddie? Did you have one that you? Uh... Eddie's well, yeah. Was Bioshock too. Bioshock. Um, Grand Theft Auto Four was another one that I that other people seem to love. That I just, oh, man, I just I do not like Grand Theft Auto Four. Um, Modern Warfare Two became that game for me. See, I liked Eventually. it when I, I I really liked it. This is the multiplayer that I wasn't super crazy yeah, about. The, the that, that wasn't was, because the, the game was so fun of Modern Warfare Two. Yeah. See, okay, so yeah, I guess I guess I can actually agree with that one because Call of Duty Four, the the campaign, Amazing. I had just played it. I had just played it three months beforehand because I got into that one late. So I bought it like last year over the summer. And I loved it. the 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 campaign blew me away. the The Gillies in the Mist level oh. was just oh, like, yeah, well, yeah. Come on, I mean, come on, though. I mean, that's cheating. <laughs> Gilly, Gillies in the Mist is one of the maybe one of the top, top ten, 10 all, no, all time yeah. gaming levels. All like, time, it, it, yeah. 
Yeah, and I, lo- I loved it, and then I was just so dis- – like the storytelling in Modern Warfare 2, because that's the thing. When the stuff leaked about the airport level, they explained it away as like, oh, but it, your character and storytelling and blah, 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 blah. And, and most the of the storytelling is, like, is done on the map in between levels. Yeah, and it's such a load of shit. Like it, it, was, a, yeah. in the, it was a fun game to play, but the storytelling was, yeah. I think, some of the worst I've seen in a recent game. It was a, like, the single player was actively, a pretty big disappointment. Yeah, and it was shorter than four. The, the the single player was like not even as long as Call of Duty Four, I want to say, which wasn't uh, I a mean, very I, long game. Yeah, I, I beat it. I mean, I did, but I never played a single minute of multiplayer. You and I played some co-op, but yeah, I was happy to trade that in. I think, when I think GameStop. actually co-op was probably the most fun I had with that game. Oh yeah, co-op yeah. was co-op was a blast. That's the thing, co-op like because I co-op was good. I remember like playing that and thinking, wow, they just dropped the ball in so many ways with the storytelling. Like single player was bad. It yeah, wasn't I'm, bad, but it was. I mean, well, the levels themselves were fun. I thought, yeah, but yeah. The I mean, telling, the, yeah. even though that uh, fucking what was that level? That was the the rooftop level. Yeah, the rooftop level. The um, it was like yeah. the second or third level in the yeah, game. That was yeah. that was that was bad. Oh, game the level design. in Brazil. That was bad yes. game design. Yeah, yeah. That one's that I almost traded the game in the first night. Yeah, of that level. That was really bad game design. Just terrible. Um, but yeah, that but. Yeah, I'm with you. Like I, I had fun playing it, but like looking back on the single player, I'm like that was a really big disappointment from Infinity Ward. If it was another, if it was another game company, I'd be like, oh, they did a pretty okay job. But Infinity Ward, you've set a bar pretty high, so yeah. I, we expect a lot from you. I just well, think it's funny. The, the, what are we gonna say? Oh, no, no, sorry. Even the multiplayer just sort of like the rails just came off that thing a, a couple months in. Once people started realizing it, how realizing how broken it was. Well, see, I don't know like, if I blame them so much. It's just like, I mean, oh yeah, obviously you got to make a game; well, it's got to be airtight. But at the same time, like the versus was fun for a while, and yeah, you know, we, it yeah, wasn't until we, we had a lot of fun messing with it. it up. We had know? a lot of fun with it, Eddie. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, no, don't get me wrong. I had a lot of fun with it too, but it's just that other thing where it's just like, I don't know. It just once people started got a hold of it and started realizing it, realizing how much they could do to sort of disrupt it for everyone else. That's when my opinion on it changed. Because originally I was hyped on it because it was awesome, but I don't know. Yeah. Nick, do you have any examples uh, besides Modern Warfare Two, or was that no? But I mean, the thing is, the Modern Warfare Two is not even a very good example because I actually didn't dislike the game. But yeah, I'm I, sad Anthony's not here because he was, you know, he loves Bioshock, so he would have gotten in on that Bioshock. And he loves, he loves the. Well, I mean, I love, love I love Bioshock too. I mean, Bioshock is like it's in my top five this generation. But yeah, um, no, I mean that the thing is, I don't really think I have a game that I that I can think of off the top of my head that I hated that everyone else loved. Like, do you have a reverse one that you love that maybe everyone else didn't? I don't know. I mean, what <laughs> what did everyone hate? Because I I don't know. I mean. I don't know. I mean, I guess the most the one thing I could point to would be the critics didn't love Wolverine, and I loved Wolverine. But yeah, yeah. But at the same time, you all users we'll, loved Wolverine. It was just the critics that were stupid about it. Like all actual game players love Wolverine. So yeah. well, we love Resident Evil Five, and everyone else hates it. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's actually untrue. We other people love it they just don't love it like we do <laughs> but i, I don't think know another one would be thing. um left for dead 2 was one that i saw people crapping on a lot but that i actually you had a lot actually of fun really liked it yeah yeah i liked it a lot 
Well, you know, it's an interesting thing. I was because uh, when I when I saw this, I was thinking about how I didn't really have a good example. But when I go to like movies, there's a lot of stuff where I hate movies that people really really love, and I and I don't know why there's that that difference there. You know what I mean? Do you I think mean? it's just like the, the the sheer output of movies? Like, there's way more movies released in a year than there are video games. It's true. It's true. And maybe there's more to enjoy in a video game than in a movie. Like, di- like different aspects. Like, I love right. the graphics, yeah, yeah, or exactly. I love the gameplay, or I love the story, or I love this, or I love that. Where in a movie, pretty much you like it or you don't like it. Like, Yeah, you might play a game for like 12 hours, and maybe you'll enjoy 10 of those hours, and that's good enough to be, yeah. you know... But I mean, yeah. There's like, I mean, like with movies, there's there's a bunch of stuff, and then I'm looking at games, and I'm like, well, everyone really loved Bioshock, and I really loved Bioshock, and everyone loved Portal, and I really liked Portal, and everyone really loved Final Fantasy VII, and I did. Like, I mean, I just don't, I don't know. I don't really have anything. I guess I pretty much like what everyone else likes. I, it sucks because I really wish you're I a could. robot. I'm a robot. I wish there was an example. Sheep. I wish there was an example I could point to, where yeah. I would, where I could say, yeah, that's where I, I fought against the man. But I don't, I don't have, I don't really have anything. I'll probably yeah, think was... of something after the podcast is over. But all right, for the last uh, segment of the podcast, we're going to be talking about uh, news topics uh, from from around the web. Um, the first one is is a story I don't know if you guys saw or not um, that's been kind of getting posted up lately is that StarCraft II apparently had a budget of over $100 million, which isn't too surprising because <laughs> it's been in development for how long? Um, years and years forever. and years. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, th- I think to me the, the most, the, the wildest thing about it costing over $100 million is just that, that, that's, that that's becoming normal. Now in gaming, well, uh, Grand Theft Auto Four. Is someone 4, peeing? What just happened? That was probably Jeff, I assume. Jeff is peeing. Everybody. No, I'm not peeing. I just poured a little bit of milk. Sorry. You just poured a little bit of pee. Are we gonna keep? Are we gonna, are we gonna keep this in? <laughs> yes. I, why not? Did I ruin? Okay. You didn't sorry. ruin anything. No, we're just going with it. Yep. Well, uh, it's just that this kind no, of no Grand Theft Auto was over a hundred million. Yes. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. But yeah. Um. I remember Final Fantasy VII had a budget of over thirty million, and yeah, that was a big day, deal. That, that was, was a yeah. huge deal. Yeah, back in the day, that was a really huge deal. It was actually one of the selling points of the game, like one of the bullet points. Cinematic. Yeah, it was like cinematic. You know, a budget of over thirty million dollars, and I remember that was like a huge deal. So it's, I mean, obviously there's been inflation, but for for games to regularly hit around the hundred million dollar mark is pretty wild, um, especially because. I mean, gaming game budgets should go down the further you get into a generation. Now, granted, StarCraft Two is a little bit of a different animal because it's a PC game and they can kind of do whatever. But, but even still, in console games, you're seeing this: the games are getting more expensive to make, which is why we're seeing fewer and fewer new IPs. Because um, they just want to reuse what they already have. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. because they they can't afford a flop. Yeah, and like literally, <laughs> they can't afford a flop. Yeah, it's just wild because, I mean, budgets should go down later in the generation, but it's not, it's like the opposite is true, and I just don't understand it, like, at all. Well, I think what, it, in part of it, what they're seeing with, like, Call of Duty, where those games print money, 
and they like so you you put in that huge amount of money, but you make like an exponential amount back. So they make more money. Like if they'd spent that same money on a big blockbuster film, the likelihood with a successful video game of making more money is much higher. Like the, I think there's that's part of it is that the the earning potential is there for video games, so they feel justified spending that much. You know what I mean? Yeah. You you know what's interesting, um, actually, because I because I right now while we're talking, I'm kind of googling a few games. Gears of War. Take a stab at it, at what its budget was. Without googling. Um, fifty million. Fifty. Yeah, I want to say 50. lower. Really, thirty. Thirty million. Lower. Ten. Ten million. Wow. Ten million. Really. For the first Gears of War game. That's kind of crazy. Now, yeah, considering what it sold now, Gears of War two. Fifty. What, what would your guess be? Fifty. Five million. No, it's not going to be less, Jeff. <laughs> Jeff, stop being ridiculous. <laughs> Higher than Jeff, lower than Nick. 37. Jeff, you got a guess? <laughs> 20. 12 million for Gears of War 2. That's incredible. Isn't that insane? So, how can they only spend 12 million on Gears of War 2, but like StarCraft 2 costs $100 million? Well, uh, yeah. I get StarCraft 2. Is that mismanagement? That's been, that no, is? that's been in development for like nine years and when you think about salaries but, for everybody working on the game yeah and, you know. and i mean that you know you you end up adding so much people especially at the end you're paying so many people but like how did fucking gta 4 cost 100 mil that wasn't in development for nine years yeah i mean it's wild i mean and especially considering that gears like the gears of war game sold well over five million copies each like how right. ridiculously profitable that was for them Oh yeah, mm-hmm. you know, you know just, games. Just out of curiosity, I wonder how much the Force Unleashed cost because they had to build all that proprietary technology it, to I'm get. I'm pretty those. sure Force Unleashed was actually very, very expensive. No, I, I want to say oh, it was probably. really expensive. Yeah, I think it might have been the most expensive video game of all time. Actually, yeah, I want to say that it it actually was. Um, God, I wish I could find that real quick, but but yeah, no, I remember it was like a. That wouldn't surprise me because, like, tech demos for that came out like years in advance of anything concrete about it actually being a game, right? Yeah. Like, cause yeah, cause back in like early because they had three different a, physics engines. Video. Yeah, there was like euphoria and huh. molecular manipulation or something like that. So they, yeah, they had to they had to build three new technologies to power that game. Why and why on earth did they decide to do that? Like, were they just like to do the force? You need your own engine. George well, Lucas I mean, it, it, as lame as that game was, it was pretty awesome to like do a force push and like bend wood and shatter glass. That was pretty cool. You know, right. what, and, actually, that, and that's I, what the I engine enjoyed... was. It was to, it, it was to it, one of the engines was the different effects of like what breaking wood to breaking glass mm. would be. Oh yeah, and then like yeah, another, like, I think another one was like weight of objects, like what a right. star destroyer, and then what a box is, you know, and then. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and then, then the, I think to, that third one was like how actual people would react to being thrown around in like the force, right? Like like like, like, like ragdoll effects, right? Yeah, yeah. And then and then they had to take these three engines and chain them together to where they work together, which is yeah. why I've heard that at parts it gets kind of janky because they're trying to work together these three engines. So, well, actually, I actually really enjoyed the game. For most of it, there's just a point. There's a few points where the difficulty is really out of whack. So you'll 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 be humming along, doing fine, and then it just blows up in your face. 
and, and you're head, it, like slamming your head against the wall trying to get through a level. Trying, uh, that's to pull actually, down the, trying to pull down the Star Destroyer is one of the worst moments in gaming ever for me. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, that sucked. <laughs> um, that was stupid. The, I, I'm, I'm thinking of the, the first level where you see, um, is it ATATs or STSDs or whatever they are? <sighs> that was hard. But no, that's actually a title that I'm holding out hope for the sequel because I felt like there was a lot of potential in the first one that they can just tap it. They'll be right. But Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one too. Yeah, I'm sitting here trying to look for uh, budget information on it. I can't find anything. But I yeah. want to say, Nick, that I read the same thing. I'm that looking was... for it too, and I just cannot find anything about it. Yeah, I'd, I'd be curious to know what some other big big studios are, like Halo. Um, yeah, I'm wondering how much Halo Reach is costing. Bungie. Yeah. Uh, pro- I imagine that Bungie's gotten pretty good at making these things at a fairly low cost. I can't imagine doing it for only freaking $10 million like Gears of War. That's actually seriously really surprising. See, I have to. I really have to feel like that to a certain degree. Those high budgets are mismanagement. I mean, well, they've got to be somewhat at a know. certain point. Yeah. Well, same thing. Like the final, what the last Final Fantasy game, Final Fantasy Thirteen. Granted, it sold like five or six million copies, but it it was in development for like six or seven years, and that's got to be some kind of inefficiency. It doesn't take that long to make a game. Mm-hmm. You know, well, as much as people like to be like, "We'll do it till it's right," but there's, I mean, there's Blizzard- something inefficient going on. Yeah. Blizzard builds like giant statues of like orcs and Illidan the Betrayer <laughs> outside of its offices, so that's probably where some of it goes. <laughs> uh, they, they are making enough money to probably buy several small countries. I think they can do what they want. <laughs> the janitors have Porsches. Yeah, well, and it's, and it's interesting too. Yeah, Gears of War two. You figure that their budget would at least be doubled for the sequel. You know, but yeah, apparently it's uh, Gears of War two took two years to make, fifteen programmers, forty five artists. Twelve million dollars. Wow. That's kind really? of awesome, that, though. Yeah. Huh. I mean, I guess that maybe that just speaks to the the because that's built on the Unreal Engine, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they, they do that sort of stuff as a side business. They build engines for people to use. So maybe they've got to nail down to a science at this point. They can just sort of buckle down and make a game for cheap. Now, right. granted, they could have spent the rest of the money on you know they probably spent a hundred million dollars on freaking marketing the thing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, this is what I'm reading. I'm reading right now that it, uh, Halo Three costs thirty million, and huh. then they put another thirty million into marketing and advertising for Halo. Jeez. There was a lo- there was a lot there was of a Halo. A lot 3 of advertising for Halo. Three. I, re- I remember yeah. that. Yeah. 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 Well, a lot of a lot of that was on Microsoft's dime, though. The advertising. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. All those live action commercials they did that were really cool, but surely expensive. And didn't they buy a Super Bowl wow. commercial? Holy crap! Sorry, what? two human eighty million dollars. Oh wow! Well, that, that started on the flop. GameCube. <laughs> a huge that's been in development flop. for forever. It was, and that, but, that's that, that's definitely a case of mismanagement there. Oh yeah, I mean, for sure. Yeah, eighty million dollars. That is crazy. That's stupid. <laughs> that is so Man. stupid. There's some that was funny. rage therapy for Dennis Didak, I wonder. <laughs> it is kind of funny though how like you know, games cost sixty bucks a pop <laughs> and movies are still cheaper. <laughs> you know? Like they they're spent that they spend way more than that on, on movies. Like Well, how much, was trans- how much is Transformers two? That was hundred and twenty million. Two, no, I think that no. was over two hundred. Yeah, uh, Sorcerer's yeah. Apprentice, the Nicolas Cage movie that just bombed. One hundred and fifty. Hundred and sixty. Inception yeah, was two hundred. Yeah, yeah. Tran- uh, Inception was two hundred. I think Transformers two was two. God, two two to two fifty. Uh, 
Terminator Salvation was three hundred, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Ugh. And it. I mean, so maybe bombed. maybe my initial numbers were maybe my my bullshit numbers that I came up with were wrong. But I think I could swear I read somewhere that like. Well, maybe it was just Modern Warfare 2, the sales. But here's the deal, Jeff, what you just pointed out there. Games cost that much more. I just mentioned to you that Halo 3 cost $60 million for development and for advertising. Yeah. Day one. Day one. $170 million in sales. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah, that's like retarded. That shouldn't even be real. And you know they must have just like made like ten times as much as that. Who knows? Like, does it have the full sales? Yeah, I don't. I don't know what the full sales were, but I mean, you it it do the it's math. Still sell it. I mean, do the yeah, math. still sell. Like, yeah. yeah, that is wild. I mean, it, man, it, it really is just crazy that that these budgets inflate to whatever. Now, StarCraft Two is still probably going to make them. I think what's StarCraft Two is going to sell Buku's man. Well, well, what was his name? Kodak was saying that they expect StarCraft 2 to bring them a billion dollars in revenue. So sure. not <laughs> they can spend, and it's not, not even a, an MMO. <laughs> yeah, they can spend a hundred million dollars on it and and not really worry about it. But Dude, WoW makes so much money they could make zero dollars off StarCraft 2 and they it wouldn't matter. Yeah. Like it, uh, yeah, it's it's silly. They're throwing around silly money over at Blizzard. And it's funny because it's funny because you can have I don't know you can have just as much fun playing a little downloadable alien swarm yeah alien swarm for free for free I just want to reiterate this <laughs> and then, there's one thing you take away from this podcast it is free it is free and then um, you know free. we're starting to get a bunch of reviews now for, uh, for limbo for limbo and people are saying that it's amazing. And it's only going to be $15. It comes out on Wednesday. I wonder I'm, how much they spent to develop that. I don't know. I mean, as far as I know, that's it was an independent game, yes? So, yeah. I mean, it probably didn't cost much at all to do. And if it's as good as all these reviews say it is, I mean, it proves that you don't have to have $60 million budget to... I mean, look, we just talked about Grand Theft Auto was $100 million, and Eddie hates it. So... Yeah, I mean, you can find really good deals, especially through, like, Steam. I know we, we've hit this home a lot, but, like, stuff like Torchlight, which is always on sale for $10, and even if it's not on sale, it's $20, and it's a great game. Well, I mean, I just, I <clears throat> I bought all of Half-Life 2 for, like, $7. Yeah. I got two and both of the episodes, and it also got me, like, all the um, expansions that I can't even play because I don't have Windows. Right, yeah, I mean... There's definitely options out there for people. Well, since we're kind of moving in that direction, um, we'll go ahead and transition to the last topic. Um, talking about cheap games onto free games, uh, like 1 versus 100, which was uh, canceled um, uh, officially this week, which actually makes uh, Nick a very sad person. And and me and Jeff, too. Nick, uh, Mitch, I'm not sure if you played 1 versus 100 a lot. Uh, no, I never did. Oh, man. man it was pretty Mitch, good. You missed out. Uh, I know. For, I know. For anyone that might have missed out on one versus one hundred, it's just um, you know I think a lot of us know it's a like a trivia show that was held on Xbox Live every week, and um, during the weeks they would do these kind of trivia 
things that you could play and there'd be thousands of other people playing them at the same time and you could jump in with a party of four people and all of you would compete together and the points that you gathered during the week attributed towards a live show that they would do every Friday and Saturday and the live shows were actually hosted by like a, an actual host and, and they were live you know, yeah yeah they really were live and I think they said at one for one of them they had over a hundred thousand people playing at the same time which is insane mm-hmm. um they had the, the Penny Arcade guys do a couple shows. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I think Felicia Day did a show too, and yeah. So there was, it was just we all love of, Felicia Day. <laughs> but yeah, so there was lots she, of cool stuff pretty. that um that went on. So you know, it was pretty sad to see the news that they had actually that Microsoft officially pulled the plug on it. Because um, I mean, it was a thing where it's like non gamers loved playing it. Like I remember sitting around and playing and like these the the other people in my party it would they were getting like really ridiculous stuff and i was sitting there thinking to myself I'm like these are not typical video game people like this has got to be like a dad or a family sitting around and just answering questions you know and and from what i hear afterwards it's like that actually was what it was like there was a bunch of people that just played one verse 100 and that's literally all they did because like their son had an Xbox, and so they would just play one vs one hundred as a family, but then for like people like me and Eddie and Jeff, even though we are like more of the quote unquote hardcore gamer, we loved doing one vs one hundred, and we would be like, okay, they're doing movies on th- Thursday night, so we got to do it. We got to be there at eight o'clock, and we're gonna play for like two hours, and it's gonna be awesome. We would do it a couple times a week. Yeah. And oh it, yeah. Yeah. It was it was a thing where it was like. It could excite both the 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 fabled mainstream gamer and then the hardcore gamer. Well, you uh, know, it, it we'd be playing, a, and, and, so great. and Eddie's wife, Eddie's wife, you know, I'd hear her talking to him in the background, like telling him, telling him, no, that's the wrong answer or something. <laughs> like I remember that distinctly. Like more yeah. than once, Jen, Jen would be like giving you the answers or telling you what the the right answer would have been after you had answered it wrong. <laughs> yeah, she was she was she loved she loved watching me play that and uh it's interesting I really liked what uh the Penny Arcade guys wrote about it that cuz you know they talked about when they would do the they would host the show and the kinds of questions they would get and the kinds of things that people were writing in about and, and tweeting about it was obvious to them that like these are this is not our audience like mm-hmm. the people that are playing this are not the people that know who we are so they're saying like the people that are playing this aren't like geeks like that that kind of what you're saying like, the the fabled you know casual whatever gamer that mm-hmm. that everyone always wants to get microsoft actually had them as a captive audience with one versus 100 and well, it, well i mean I and remember. are pulling the plug <laughs> yeah, I, I, I remember. I mean, we. I think we actually talked about this, Eddie. Didn't we, we played the game that that the Penny Arcade guys were in? Yeah, and and they would ask specific Penny Arcade questions, and people and would just miss. Most them. people got it wrong, and I think that's when we kind of realized what he was saying is that yeah. yes, it was it was not the audience. It was not people that were fans of Penny Arcade. It was just your average guy that loves trivia. Like, that loves to watch Jeopardy, you know what I mean? I have yeah. to wonder if we're going to get that kind of, like, is this a failed experiment and, and God, Microsoft is, like, closing the door on this type I of game? Because that's the thing. It was so it was such good. A, it was so much fun, but it was such a simple game. Literally, it was, like, press uh, 
one of three but or one of four buttons in a certain frame time frame. You, you know what it reminded me of was the you don't know Jack games. Oh back yeah, back on the PC, like that's that's kind of what it tapped into that. And I mean, everybody loves doing trivia. You know what I mean? Like it's just such a simple, easy thing to do. I remember there was the oh God. There was one on PlayStation. I don't remember what it was called. Is it Buzz? Is that yes, the one Buzz. Here? That's what it was. Buzz. And 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 Ty got that. My friend Ty, um, and we would go over, and he would set up a TV on his patio with a PlayStation, and we would just sit around and play Buzz trivia on his on his patio and drink beers, and that was so much fun. And I told him about One Verse One Hundred, but he didn't get an Xbox until it was already over. And and then I was like, "Don't worry, you know, it's season three is going to come oh, out eventually." Yeah. And then, oh, oh you lied. <laughs> <laughs> he never he never got to play it and I feel so bad because out of everyone Ty loves trivia and he would have loved to do 1 verse 100. I'm mm. actually a little bit mad that it was canceled. Like I really am a little <laughs> bit mad because I I think I think they really tapped into something there and they kind of gave up on it. Like, it was something that no one that, that that is unlike anything else being done on any system. You know what you know what Sony should do. They should just steal yeah. it. <laughs> they should just steal it and just do it. Like I mean, that would be that would be a big thing. I think. Well, another thing that's ridiculous. I mean, they said that it's because they couldn't. It wasn't making enough money to sustain itself. But Microsoft pulled in over a billion dollars in revenue from Xbox Live last year, which is insane. Yeah, and if they got more sponsors than Sprint, yeah. <laughs> or if if or you've ever played the like, game, then you get it because it was just a Sprint I, commercial every yeah. five seconds. I think we could all agree that we would pay to play that, like specifically pay to play that game. I would pay to play that game. Yeah, I would. Well, you're already paying to play that game. With well, no, but I mean, I'm talking about like above and I mean, beyond. Like, if if it was like in order to play one for a season, yeah, for a I would season. pay like a five or ten dollars subscription to pay to yeah. play for a season. Well, that's the thing. like yeah, what I put on Buzz. Buzz, yeah. that game was a was a retail PlayStation game, yeah. or PlayStation Two game. So that game was at least forty dollars, if not fifty or sixty dollars. Yeah, and and it was your people were willing to pay that. I mean, if you only charged five or ten dollars for a season one versus one hundred, I definitely think people would be on board with that. And what what's sad about it is that I think Microsoft actually is they are just completely moving away from stuff like this. Which to me is the sweet spot that Xbox Live could have found, and I hope that they're not going away from it. But they might be because the um, the racing game that's coming out for Connect was supposed to be a free racing game, like One versus One Hundred, where you use your avatar. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it was supposed to be a free game on Xbox Live. That's now going to be a sixty dollar Connect release. Ouch. Well, is it just the, yeah. is it just the freeness of it that's going away? Because that's the thing, like. I, if they find like clearly we like we just discussed we'd pay for it so it's just that matter of like the level of game that hits that particular niche and and plays into some cool features of Xbox Live that they they aren't really playing with because I mean I'm not a I'm not a multiplayer gamer and that's literally I think one versus one hundred was the most I ever played with any kind of mul- like if you can call that multiplayer that's what oh, I played it was, it was technically an MMO yeah yeah. You know? I, I mean, like that's the most hours I've put into something like that, because every other time I've played well, a game either online, that or Resident Evil it, Five. <laughs> no, but I don't. I don't count that because I played that with you guys. I'm talking about like getting online and playing with people I do oh, okay, not. Okay, 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 yeah. You know, 
Like, I think that's a different experience. Because when I was playing Resident Evil 5, that's co-op. That's a different experience. I'm okay. talking about, like... Sorry, I thought you were just talking about playing with friends. Okay. No, no, I'm talking about, like, you know, great wide open. Mm-hmm. Like, being willing, willing to play with people that don't no, know. No, I would... Me, me and my now roommate, at the time wasn't my roommate, he would come over and we would just play 1 vs. 100 for, like, two or three hours. And we would just, like, trade off the controller. Or yeah. we would just sit there and just both shout out stuff and then I would hit it on the controller and had some of the most fun times. And then now he finally became my roommate. And then we were looking forward to playing one versus 100 as roomies and it's never going to happen. So basically you you have like Microsoft killed all your dreams. Yeah. Like, (laughs) no, like this is like, I, you have like a half dozen. I'm like really sad that one versus 100 is over. Like it sounds stupid, but like, that was one of the best like, experiences that happened on a video gaming console that I've had this generation was one versus 100. It sounds stupid. I'm going to write Microsoft a letter that just says more Elite World. You and then it'll be the same thing. You should so. do that. You should go more, more 1v100. Yeah, every single Microsoft related story on a video game site, you should just leave the comment more 1v100. Yeah. <laughs> and it'll be the equivalent. Where one v one hundred? Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I'm really sad. Three blocks. I'm really sad they canceled it. (laughs) Nick, we're laughing at your pain. You should. I don't, Mitch. I wish you could have played it. I wish I could have. I wish I could have played it too. Like just like sitting here listening to you guys gush about it is just. It makes me feel like I've actually missed out on something that was really just unique and exciting yeah it i was, know it was it was unique like that's like oh wait but i can wave my arms at the screen you guys that's good too right uh, yeah, hopefully you know what <laughs> I, I just i just thought like hopefully someone else will step up and do some kind of trivia game that that has that kind of online like man i, I hate to so. think of it i'm just like hey maybe there'll be some kind of online Facebook game or an iPhone game or something like that that steps up and does something like that. Well, you know, you know how they have the the buzz trivia things, like the not the the buzz time trivia. Sorry, that they have at all the bars, like BW3s and stuff. Yeah, there's, there's actually an iPhone app, hmm. and it uses the GPS, and you can log into the place you're playing and play on your iPhone instead of getting one of the controllers. Oh, neato. And cool. uh, I did that the other night, and let me tell you, awesome. <laughs> like I was just like, I can just download an app for free on my phone, and I can play at any place, and I don't need to get a thing. I can just log in, and it was kind of a blast. I was kind of a, a huge fan of that. Yeah, because it seems like, like I, that's kind of you know where I see iPhone gaming stepping in. I, iPhone gaming is definitely good about like that sort of online stuff. And, and the you know I, I've been playing uh, Words with Friends, Mm-hmm. And Nick, uh, you we, actually, you haven't moved in like five days. <laughs> yeah, I know. I need to do that. Someone but, uh, played the word quadrate against me the other day for fifty-four points, and I nearly just resigned. Quadrate. I was like, forget this. Forget this. Uh, no, this a friend of mine crap. played. A friend of mine played the word quat or cot or Q A T, and I just nearly burst into tears. <laughs> well, I told you, Miles played quite. And got a hundred and twenty points or something. What? Good word. But and, yeah, so the and, cool and thing, I resigned. So... I resigned because there was no way I could because we weren't getting any, any more letters, and all I had right. was vowels. And I, I yeah. just sat there and I was like, "There's no way I'm going to be able to beat him. I'm just going to resign." Like there, it literally, it wasn't like I was like, "Ah, oh, fuck this, it's over." Like 
I assessed the situation and realized I couldn't beat him, and then I just resigned. I think that is about it for for this episode of the Gamer Sushi Podcast. Um, we've covered quite a bit of things, but uh, not in the forever long way that we did <laughs> last time. What was it, like two hours almost? I think it was like that. Yeah, two hours. But yeah, Just so. about. But anyway, uh, thanks for listening. Um, like we said last time, please go and rate uh, the podcast on iTunes. Um, that would be awesome. And uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, uh, it's twitter.com slash gamersushi. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm twitter.com slash Eddie Rivas. If you want to follow me, I'm twitter.com slash unsquare. I'm uh, twitter.com slash uh, Mitch with a 7 instead of a T. And I am twitter.com slash Nick Camardo. And our missing, our missing host is twitter.com slash Anthony Taylor underscore uh, if you want to follow Anthony. And uh, I believe that it is a wrap for the podcast. Yay, podcast. Yay, podcast. So, Eddie, we kind of got, like, we were good on staying on the rails for almost the entire thing, but I guess the iPhone stuff began kind of derailed it a little bit. I'm sorry. I just got so mad about what we're on the hundred.